Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, you're listening to Stories of the Magic. I'm Bill Rogers. And I'm Camille Dixon. Welcome. Welcome to Stories of the Magic, an unofficial Disney podcast with your host, Randy Crane. Hear stories from Disney cast members, Imagineers, artists, and more right here on Stories of the Magic. And now, here's your host, Randy Crane. Welcome to episode 110 of Stories of the Magic. I'm Randy, your host. Thank you for joining me. If you're new to Stories of the Magic, we are a positive and story-filled Disney podcast offering stories from cast members, Imagineers, artists, actors, and more, including guests, promoting a mutual love of Disney, celebrating and preserving the Disney magic and legacy, and inspiring people to live their dreams just as Walt Disney did. If that appeals to you or piques your curiosity, you're definitely in the right place, and I am glad you're here. Today, we get to return to Disneyland for a cast member story. Amanda Henderson was an entertainment host, and she still has an incredible love for Disney in general, Disneyland in particular, and for the characters that is infectious and an absolute joy to listen to. Of course, she's got some great stories, too, and that's one of the main reasons this podcast exists. Without it, so many people would have missed out on ever hearing these. By the way, if you hear some extra laughing in the background, that's our mutual friend Catherine. She sat in on the interview to listen, and some of what Amanda shared just had to be laughed about. In this episode, Amanda talks about how she got started working at Disneyland and specifically as an entertainment host. Why the hiring process for an entertainment host is an audition rather than a traditional interview. Traditions class. What it was like for her, getting her name tag, and what made her name tags unique the best cast member first day story I've ever heard. What an entertainment host does. The awful way some people treat entertainment hosts. Her favorite moment of making magic for a guest. Something a different guest did to make magic for her. Her favorite costumes she got to wear. Her favorite character location and her favorite characters to host. How she felt when the voice actor for Robin Hood passed away. What she loved most about what she did what guests can do to really make an entertainment host's day, her first time thinking, I'm part of this now, why Disneyland is such a special place to her, if she could have any job working for the Walt Disney Company, what it would be and why, and what inspires her, including, in her words, the best story ever. Now a brief word from a fellow podcaster and friend, and then it's time to turn the page and begin this story. If you love all things Disney, then you're a D-head. And if you're a D-head, this is the show for you. Each and every week, Disney Blue presents Disney On Demand, your free, dedicated Disney podcast hosted by Jonathan Johnson. Every week, Disney Blue relives all the Disney magic, movies, and memories. Every week, you'll hear our celebrity guests who make the magic, Your favorite Disney actors, writers, directors, and characters. The best of classic Disney and breaking news on Disney's latest films, television shows, and theme parks. So put on your ears and give it a little bibbidi-bobbidi-boo. Disney Blues Disney On Demand is on the air. And it's free. 
Just go to DizRadio.com. That's D-I-Z Radio.com. See you real soon. And now, this week's interview on Stories of the Magic. Way back in the early episodes of Stories of the Magic, I got to interview a friend and current co-worker who used to work at Disneyland, Tom McGlinchey. Today I get to do that again with another friend and current co-worker. Even if no one told you she had been a cast member, you would know just from interacting with Amanda Henderson, because she's not only the kind of person I would expect to see working there, she's the kind of person I would want to see working there. Smiling, helpful, friendly, kind, fun, compassionate, high integrity, dedicated, and of course, loves Disney. Amanda was an entertainment host at Disneyland, and we'll find out exactly what that means during this conversation. She's also a founder of the main attraction, Disneyland Social Club, and considers Disneyland her second home. Obviously, this is going to be a fun conversation. So, Amanda, welcome to Stories of the Magic. Hi, thank you. So, how did you get started at Disneyland and doing what you did there? That is a good question. If I give you the long answer or the short answer, um, we'll see how this goes. Uh, Long answer started at Disneyland, probably in the womb, because my parents... (laughs) Both worked there for 25 plus years. So I was, it's in my blood. But getting into the entertainment host position was a lot of fun. Um, It actually took me three auditions to get into the entertainment department. I went from acting auditions to really just interacting with those hosting the auditions and asking you questions like, what would you do in this situation? And and whatnot. And, you know, you win some, you lose some as in any entertainment position. But on the third time, third time's the charm and got hired on. And I mean, you know, the the magic of it all, getting hired into it and then being pushed into that t- whole new world, really, of just what is it like being with the characters? What is it like interacting with guests that come in who specifically want to see these characters and keeping that magic alive all year round? So like I said, long answer was in my blood, short answer. I auditioned. <laughs> <laughs> so it's not like an attraction position or a store's position or something like that where it's a regular interview. This is an audition process. Correct, correct. Because they really want to make sure that um, you're good on your toes um, if a guest comes, whether they be young or young at heart, and they want to know where's Mickey, or they want to know why is Goofy going away right now. You know, you of course, you want to tell them the truth and say, well, Mickey has a date with Minnie right now, <laughs> right. you know, or Goofy really has to go check in with his son Max, Max and make sure that, you know, he's doing his homework. Um, so you just got to be sure to be able to say the right answer. (laughs) Right. So after you were hired, and we're going to talk about what you actually did Mm -hmm. in a little bit, but after you were hired, you you did what I assume all cast members did, which is go through traditions. Correct. Yes. What was that like for you, especially having been someone who has been in your blood since before you were born? Um, It was definitely one of those dream come true moments. Um, Just walking into the doors um, into the auditorium over near the giant yellow building um, Ah, over by the freeway. Yeah. That was kind of like the iconic building in Anaheim living there. You like drive by it all the time. You're like, oh, that's where mom and dad get to go, (laughs) Um, you know. And so getting to walk in there myself and through those doors was definitely, 
it was a whole new experience. It was really surreal to have the whole thing come full, full circle. And Traditions itself was so much fun. You get to meet so many new people that are going um, into the entertainment department, whether it be through parades or shows or characters or hosts yourself. And then not only that, but there's people there in all sorts of different departments, um, like you said, attractions and dining and whatnot. Um, so you get to hear their stories. And then not only that, but some of the history behind Disneyland that you're already fairly, fairly familiar with. You get reminded of why you're going to do what you do. Yeah. And that's a really good jump start to the whole I'm a Disney cast member process. Right. Do you remember getting your name tag? Oh, yeah. I totally remember getting my name tag. I got my name tag and having it say Anaheim, California underneath there was uh-huh. really cool because everyone comes up to you as a cast member and, of course, immediately knows. I mean, you're there to, to let them know everything you know. But that you're from Anaheim, California, then that opens up a whole new story where you can say, oh, you grew up here. What other things are fun to do around here? Or, mm. or um, what do you recommend? So getting that, was it's like not only this is my name tag, this is a special privilege, but I'm also representing, representing like from Anaheim, California. Uh-huh. So that was cool. And then not only that, but just the style of it. Because all the time, um, I mean, you've seen it, all the different name tags, whether it be like this one, the 60th anniversary, it's all sparkles and yeah. um, diamonds celebration of my parents. I've seen all of their different name tags from throughout the years. So getting mine, um, it's a new one. They don't have it. I get to <laughs> add to the collection. So it's cool. What year did you work there or years? I worked there as soon as I graduated high school. So 2011 uh, through 2012, I worked there for about a year and a half. Okay. Got it. Now, when you got your name tag, the moment itself, were they just kind of on a table and you picked it up? They or? were on a table, okay. yes. And we were um, sent out by group. I think on our name tags, we had a different character on it. So we were separated by groups. I can't remember or recall which my character was. I think it might have been something from um, the Hundred Acre Wood, whether it be Pooh Bear or Tigger or, or whatnot. But we were sent out, okay, all the tickers, jump over to the table and get your name tag. Okay. Yeah. I've heard so many different stories of cast members getting their name tags and sometimes it's on a table and sometimes it's handed to you by the trainer. I've had a couple people who it was handed to them by Mickey. Oh, and those people were like, they were in tears telling me about it. Well, cool thing about being a host or a hostess uh, for the characters is that you get two different tags. You get your oh. name tag, and then you get your tag that says "Ask me about characters" because that's another kind of special thing where um, guests get to come to you and look for that specific name to, um, name badge because it's also written in the um, the maps, the guides, right, yeah. and you'll see the Mickey hand pointing to say Mickey's house and say this is where Mickey's at. And if you uh-huh. see a cast member with that same symbol or name tag, they'll immediately correlate those two things together. Oh, that person must know where I can find so and so. And so getting that was really cool because on the back of it, it says your class of year because you have to go through a whole different, of course, as any department, whole different training process in that. Um, And so you get your class of ask me about characters badge. So I still have that one. (laughs) Don't tell. I'm not supposed to have that. You're supposed to turn it in afterwards. But I've been tempted a couple times to wear it into the park and say, hey, I know where to find, (laughs) you know, but. (laughs) <laughs> well, don't worry. It's just us. Nobody heard you yes. say that. So, <laughs> uh, tell me about stepping on stage for the first time. 
Oh, a great story. <laughs> my very first day. I, like I said, because it's in my blood, living in Anaheim, you go to the park all the time. Um, you're like, I know where everything's at. I got yeah. this. Yeah. Stepping on stage was no problem. I went on stage. I knew what to, the right things to say. I knew that I was hosting. Um, I believe my first hosting, um, I was with, again, the 100 Acre Wood. That was actually one of my favorite locations hmm. was um, in Critter Country over in Pooh Corner. Getting to host Pooh and Eeyore and Rabbit and Tigger was my favorite. And I, like I said, I believe that was my first one. But getting out there, you have all the kids waiting right there at whatever time, whether it was 8 a.m. or 9, I think. And they are so excited to meet Pooh. And I think on my first set, I actually got to have Piglet, which is a rarity over there. Wow. Piglet and um, Yellow Rabbit are two very like, oh my gosh, today's the day you're going to get to meet them. So... That was really fun, but I always connected with those characters when I was younger and um, still even to this day. So that was kind of really a nice first day coming out on set. I got this feeling. Getting to the funny part, the best part was walking off stage. Offset was a whole new thing because you going to the park, like I said, you know where everything's at, but yeah. you don't get to see what's backstage. Right. So getting to work there, you're like, okay, now I have to familiarize myself with a whole new park, which is the backstage. Because, I mean, you get to see and things that you never even knew that were back there. Mm-hmm. And it is pitch black at night. Pooh and all of his friends are back at the 100 Acre Wood and Christopher Robin's there meeting them. And you're like, okay, bye, Christopher. You got this. I'm going to head home now. Like I said, totally dark. I walk what I think is out on set through a door and I don't see anything. And I start to hear these like almost rocks at the bottom of my feet and it gets Uh like rougher and rougher. And I'm like, where am I? It's like silent. I don't even know. All of a sudden I hear... I am literally walking on the railroad tracks, (laughs) pitch black, probably, I want to say, obviously over uh, the backside of Critter Country, Toontown area. Mm -hmm. I think it was right after they leave It's a Small World, I want to say. Okay. Again, pitch black, totally dark. Right. And I freak out. I was like, first day, you totally are like, you're going to have to stand still and pretend you're an animatronic and just wave. (laughs) Just wave at the people. Like, thankfully, I found a way out. Zen employees only went through the door, got myself backstage. But that is definitely one thing I'll never forget. I almost blew it my first first day. That's fantastic. Yeah. (laughs) You can laugh. It's okay. <laughs> it was, uh, You're laughing, so we I, will too, I yeah. was scared out of my mind. But yes, it was. It was funny. Wow, that's one of the best stories that I've heard. And this, <laughs> I, I've done over a hundred episodes now, and that's one of the best stories I've heard. I mean, you would think that you know. Okay, I know where I'm going, but no, backstage mm-hmm. is a whole, is a whole new territory. Many, like I said, many things to see, but there's also many places to get lost in. Uh huh. You know, I do a lot of the run Disney events. Yeah, and so, you've so been a bunch back of that's there. backstage. Usually, it's areas where I kind of know where we are. But for Star Wars, mm-hmm. we were backstage behind Tomorrowland. 
And there was a stretch for five or 10 minutes where I had no idea where I was. Yeah. It was the first time in probably a decade that I've been completely disoriented on property. <laughs> I was like, it, we came out and kind of came along Harbor Boulevard yeah. and then up to the monorail beam. Oh, this is the section. Okay, All right, so now take I have a that reference. Feeling of uh -huh. total like, where am I? And then add darkness to right. it, <laughs> and the lack of all the other runners around. Yeah, yeah and then the lack of other people around, and then all of a sudden a train whistle. What would go through your mind? <laughs> so, but now we know what your first day was yes. basically like. But what does an entertainment host do? Especially for people who maybe haven't been to the parks or haven't been in a long time. What does an entertainment host do? Entertainment hosts actually have a lot on their plate. It looks like the most fun and simple and you get to work with Mickey. Like it, it's totally that, but it's so much more. Yes, not only do you get to work with the main squeeze and cheese himself, but you also have to work with, you know, the princesses and like I said, all of the Pooh characters and some of the specialty characters when you have the Friends days, you have like Bear Rabbit mm -hmm. and whatnot. And you some like with those obscure characters, you also need to know your stuff. You need to know your Disney uh, movies and history because you have people who have never been there before and you have people who know everything. Yeah. And they will keep you on your toes because they'll, they'll ask you those questions and they will make sure that you know your stuff too. So definitely having to stay informative on all that. But not only that, um, you're kind of out there. You're kind of the go-to person. Say mom's bringing her three kids and they're getting to meet Mickey. Yes, that's kind of like a one. Not only do they get to do that on attractions, but on when meeting characters, that's kind of mom and dad's little sigh of relief. Okay, my kids are with Mickey right now. I know they're good and safe. They could take a breather. They could talk to the dad or mom. And then sometimes they'll talk to us and say, okay, I have a moment to breathe. I have a moment to ask you, where can I find this? Because that's where she wants to go to next. And so you need to know, again, where everything's at. And that's where the cast member guides come in handy. But then you are definitely, I want to say the biggest thing that a character host does and needs to stay on top of is almost like guest control. Not meaning, okay, keep the flow going, keep walking to your right, keep walking to your left. But if a guest comes, and I've had this countless times, if a guest comes and you're taking uh, Pluto inside on Toontown, mm -hmm. and they came specifically to see Pluto, they came around the world to see Pluto, and they will tell you, what do you think you're doing? And their plane's leaving in half an hour. Yes. I yeah. mean, you name it. I've heard it. And your job is to, of course, keep that magic alive and let them know where they can find Pluto, where he's going to. Mm -hmm. Or if Pluto is going to be right back, you can let them know that. And sometimes that, of course, isn't what they want to hear. They don't want to hear Pluto will be right back. Or I have mm -hmm. to go halfway across the park to go see him because he's yeah. going there. So you had to take a deep breath. <laughs> You have to calmly let them know everything is going to be all right and that you can definitely make things work. Sometimes the guest, ex the guest experience is great and you can go back and you can get that signature, that last signature they need from Pluto and you can go find Pluto before he leaves, get that for them and give it back to them. Sometimes it's not so great. Sometimes you have people, in my case, sad to say, follow you from Toontown to Main Street, to Town Square and come up with every name in the book 
and shout it at the rooftops and you'll you'll be surprised. Disneyland, when I strongly believed this and I believe this, then I believe this now, Walt Disney said Disneyland is your land. Mm-hmm. Meaning to us, he this is his gift to the world. But buying a ticket into Disneyland doesn't necessarily give you give a guest the right or the entitlement in my opinion strictly my opinion to anything and everything mm-hmm. under the sun meaning if pluto mickey mini specialty characters aurora snow white whatnot they need to go and they need to either be at a show at this time or they're going to be starring at the parade in five minutes and this guest comes and they demand to see them now Mm-hmm. It is now or nothing, and I've had that happen before. And like I said, from Town Square, or excuse me, from um, Toontown to Town Square, every name in the book calling me for what a horrible job I'm doing for letting Mickey go get ready for the parade. Or, I mean, you name it. And I've had this multiple times, and that's when you have to get, unfortunately, the fun Disneyland security involved, and they will definitely keep the magic alive for not only you, the cast member, but for mm-hmm. all the other guests that are around there hearing this from another guest. So you have to stay on your toes. Like I said, whether it be if guests come and they want to know more about these characters or obscure characters, like um, the three caballeros, you have to know about Panchito and all of them, you know. <laughs> and and so you have to be able to tell them where they're from and and who they are, who they're best friends with, and then... You have to stay on your toes for guests who aren't happy with you letting Mickey go get ready for the parade. So, right. um, and that's the number one important thing because dealing with those sorts of situations, of course, you do it with a smile on your face. Of course, you do it with the utmost respect towards the Walt Disney Company, towards the people around you, your uh, fellow cast members, the other guests around you. Um, right. It's just, it's, it's, definitely a jug it's it's like juggling all these different things but as any other cast member would say whether you're in attractions and the bride bride goes one on 101 or or you're in dining and they don't have what that person needs or whatnot whatever it may be everyone has to deal with those situations so just keeping the magic alive is the number one thing yeah Tell me about some of the times that you got to keep the magic alive. Like something special that you were able to do for a guest or just a special moment they had. Oh, yeah. My most favorite moment to date was in Town Square. I was hosting the Fab Four and Fab Four, meaning I was hosting um, Donald, Minnie, and Goofy, and Pluto. Minnie was not there. And... I had a guest come and it was their last day and she was a little girl. I could not see her parents around her, but she was on a mission to get all these different signatures and she was missing uh, Minnie. And I hadn't known that it was their last day. So I said, okay, the great thing. I could said all the different places you can meet her and whatnot. And then her parents came and were looking for her everywhere. Where have you been type thing. And she's like, I just wanted to see Minnie. I just wanted to go get Minnie's signature. And she had this like face of determination. So adorable. And so parents were worried. Child is like, where's Minnie type thing. But I was able to step in and um, let their parents know and kind of ease them. 
and say, hey, I know exactly where Minnie is going to be at this time. And if you want, I can go ahead and get that last signature for you. And they could not believe it. Um, so as I'm going backstage to go find Minnie and to go get the signature done for them, I tell Minnie their entire story. And Minnie is just like head over heels in love with them already. So she gets all of her other pals, Rafiki, Geppetto, Falfello, I mean, all the other characters um, that you can find, um, Disneyland, Toontown, um, Town Square and everything. And she gathers them all up, tells them the whole story. <laughs> now we have this whole like magical moment that's about to happen get all these signatures for her book, pretty much like overfill her book full of signatures, front to back page and everything. I come out and her parents and the daughter are there. But now I guess it was a family reunion. Now the whole family is there in on it. We were looking for you everywhere (laughs) type thing. And she's like, I just wanted to see Minnie. And so I come out and I give her her book back and we go through the whole entire book together and mom and dad are in the back and you can just tell they are so happy and they are crying. Little girl, she she can read at this point. She's like looking at all of them. She's flipping the pages for me as faster than I can even read them. She's like, oh, look, there's that one. Oh, look, there's that one. And so she's going through it. And so it was just a magical moment. They ended up wanting to stay and um, they let me sign the book and they took a picture with me. It was so sweet. That's one I'll never forget. That is great. Mm-hmm. That's a great story. You know, I, my wife and I, when we go, we've got a separate cast member autograph book that we take because a lot of times it is people like you that make those things so special. And, you know, we, if you had done that for us, we would have been having <laughs> you sign our book. So, you know, in the introduction, when I described... You know, I almost cry. I almost was like, okay, this interview is done because I cannot live up to everything you just said. That was so sweet and kind and amazing. <laughs> and yet it's absolutely true. And you just told a story that demonstrated every single bit of that. <laughs> How about anything besides what that little girl and her family did for you, where maybe a guest was able to make some magic for you? Did you have anything like that happen? Yeah, you know, um, we get guests, our APs that come in all the time or excuse me, when I was a cast member, we did. And one of them was Walter. He was the sweetest young at heart man. And he would come in and he would take pictures with all of the, not only all of the characters, but also with cast members. And I remember on my very last day, he gave me an envelope and he was so sorry and sad to see me go. Um, But he filled this envelope full of pictures of me and him working there at every location, Pixie Hollow, even in DCA over with um, Jesse and Woody and the gang. And I mean, you name it, he was there. And looking back, working there, I think I maybe personally, from either my friends and family coming to see me, I think I maybe have one, maybe two pictures of me working at the park with Uh my friends and family coming to see me. But with Walter... I think I had close to a hundred pictures of me and all of my different costumes that I got to wear, me and him with Goofy and Pluto and Tigger and all all these different things. And so that to me, it's like he captured my en- entire career working at wow. Disneyland through his pictures and him coming to see me. And he does that not only obviously not he didn't do that only for me. He does that for every host and hostess going there. So he he's definitely looking out for all the hosts. I love that about that, him. That's amazing. That's really great. 
Now, you just talked about working in all of these different areas and all these different characters. You mentioned before a few different ones that you worked with. Mm -hmm. Uh, Favorite costume? Pixie Hollow. Hands down. Really? I love Pixie Hollow as my number one, and Critter Country is my number two um, with Pooh and the gang. Um, But Pixie Hollow is my utmost favorite. Um, I love the apron. I love the pants. I love the shirt, most of all, the shirt with the the floofy sleeves. Um, (laughs) I love it. And the apron, it it was made out of, like, this almost suede, so I would constantly be, like, be probably looking weird, but I would constantly like rub away. <laughs> like this is so soft. <laughs> so yeah, t- I think Tinkerbell uh, mentioned that it had some um, dandelion fluffs like sewed into it somewhere. So it's like, oh, this is so soft. That'll do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How about favorite character or characters to host? I know you said that the Hundred Acre Wood characters are your favorite. Were they also your favorite to host? Yeah. Um... I, I would say yes, because I definitely loved character locations. Obviously, I mentioned the top two, and they have an actual queue line. Uh-huh. I love that, because if you don't, say you're in Town Square and you're hosting um, Mickey, Minnie, or the Fab Five, whatnot, you get to not only pay attention to the front of the line, be taking those pictures, having that interaction, because you're essentially the voice for these characters, if a child comes up and Mickey's holding his hand out. It's like, oh, he wants to give you a little four. Can you give him a little four? You just did your Disney voice, by the way. Yes, there is. I was just telling (laughs) I was just talking about that. I kid you not. I kid you not. Before this interview, I was literally just talking about it. We all have a voice. Everyone has a voice. It's 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 of a higher register. It's of a like it's one of those that you have to talk as you're like tilting your head and you're like Smiling from ear to ear. Um, Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. That's okay. That's okay. Um, Yes. Uh, So you, like I said, you're definitely that voice. But not only that, you're keeping an eye on the line and how big it's growing. And you have to gauge, okay, is this a 20-minute line? Can I keep letting people in? Or is this like a half hour to an hour line? Should I cut it? Mm -hmm. It really works well when you have a lot of people there to help you, a lot of other hosts. But most of the time, it's like you and two others. And... You have to, like I said, not only keep an eye on the front, but then if it's time to close the line, then you need to go in the back and close the line. And then all the other people are there on their own. They're like, oh, can you please come here and take a picture for us? And then you're like, ah, do I go? Do I like whatnot? So it's so much easier and so much more calming. And you get to have much more interaction with the guests and with the characters when there is an already set queue line there. So Tinkerbell, or excuse me, um, Pixie Hollow and Pooh Corner um, were my favorite my favorite character, if I had to choose one to host, I would probably pick an obscure one and selfishly pick my favorite and say Robin Hood only because I would be able to not only like be that child in myself and be like, oh my gosh, I'm hosting Robin Hood right now. But at the same time, if a char- if someone came up to me and asked me, where is he going or who is he like, I'd be able to hands down say with a snap um he's gonna get to go over here he's gonna do this or oh we're gonna go on an adventure you're gonna come with us you know <laughs> he is one that i love the most so i would selfishly choose him. <laughs> <laughs> very good choice did you ever get to host him no it was oh. so sad um it was on i forget what week or year they had it or not year week or month they had it but it was like an obscure friends day or week that mm-hmm. was over in you you remember it, yeah, it was long over lost in, friends week long I lost think they friends week it. thank you yeah. yeah and it was over in um 
the ranch area. Mm-hmm. And that one, again, that too is my number three, my top three ranch characters. But he was in there and I was not there that day. And I was so sad because oh. my family went to the park that day and they got a picture with Robin Hood and I wasn't in it because I was not there and I was not working there that day and I was so sad. Oh. I know. But they got me so one of the little signature cards. So I was like, oh, okay. It sounds funny, I, have I that. guess. Yeah. 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 So how did you feel, was it just a month ago or something like that, when the voice of Robin Hood from the movie passed away? Oh my gosh. I was bawling. I could, I'm not even joking here mm. because not only did I have a huge attachment to David Bowie and Alan Rickman, but that and, – and all three of them were in the same week. So I was yeah. – I was, I was crushed. Um, but of course, my husband and I watched Robin Hood that night. So we were – it was it – was, it was okay. <laughs> I'm going to say that with wiping a tear from my eye. It was yeah. okay. okay. Well, let's take you to a happier spot. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> what did you love most about what you did? Like what single part of the job was the best thing? One thing that can stand out to me the most is the best thing was getting to, I mean, there was just so many. Okay. You can um, have two. Okay. That's it. <laughs> You mean we don't have time for like 500? Um, we could do a part two. Uh, <laughs> I think one of the, my most favorite memories, and this is another selfish one. My most favorite memory was I was wor- working again at Pooh Corner. Can you see repetition going on here? A little bit, yeah. Pooh Corner, Pooh Corner. I love Pooh Corner. Everyone should go there. <laughs> I had a guest come in and we had a little kid and they wanted, of course, to see Pooh and the gang. And he, he was really fascinated by the stanchions because they look like the wood, um, like the sticks that you would use in yours house. Yeah. And he was fascinated by them. And so we were just talking in line about them and he was asking me questions. And then from what I thought, his mom and his family came over and were like, what are you doing? What are you looking at? Who are you talking to? And I look up and I... I literally probably hyperventilated, like went out of my body and just was like, <laughs> calm down, Amanda, calm down, Amanda. Because I look up and it's Olivia Harrison, George Harrison's uh, widow wife, and Donnie Harrison, their um, son, and um, his fiance then, his now wife. And I was, I'm speechless now. <laughs> I was speechless then and I am speechless now. And this is one thing that I will always kick myself in the butt for because because I could not talk, I didn't say anything uh, to them and didn't uh-huh. tell them how much I love George Harrison and I love um, Donnie's work in the new number two and I love Olivia. I just love them all and I didn't say anything. And their plaid walked in and I was like, well, now I'm really not going to say anything. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so that was, a, that was like a oh man moment. But they came in. They did not get to see the characters. Instead, they decided to go off and do something else. But having that kind of just like that moment there, I I mean, you can't get those moments. I mean, you rarely get those moments anywhere else. And then, like I was saying before, all those different times that a guest does something for you. Like I said, Walter. And then you get to do something for a guest. Like I said, the little girl who came and wanted just wanted Minnie's signature and left with her whole book filled. Um, those would be my favorite moments. I know that was three. I'm sorry. But. That's okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll let it go this time. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> 
So, you know, something has occurs to me. You've got all of these guests that you're trying to keep track of and you know, watch the time and the characters and everything like mm-hmm. that. So that's a lot going on. Mm-hmm. If a guest were to come up and wanted to say or do something special for you, something that would really make your day, mm-hmm. what could they say or do? Obviously, they could collect 100 pictures. But besides <laughs> that. That's a really good question. Um, my favorite things were kind of more most cast members and I, I, I would agree with them is going to city hall and definitely giving a guest or having a guest compliment come to you like a couple days after you get that piece of paper and it has the whole thing written out and it's saying you did such a great job and and your um, supervisors come and they recognize you and get it to you. that is great but I think the number one thing would definitely and this has happened to me before a few times would be if a guest is staying through two, three days and they leave and they come see you, they have an interaction with you and they love their experience mm-hmm. and they ask your name, they see your name tag and then they ask where you're going to be, if you're going to be there tomorrow, what other characters can they see tomorrow and whatnot. And they will come the next day and they'll find you and they will come see those characters that you're with. And then you get that, I mean, with just with the child alone, you get that respect from the mother and you get that interaction with the child who remembers you and like oh it's Amanda I saw her yesterday over here now she's over here like it's it's really nice to have a parent come bring their kids and say do you remember do you remember Amanda we just saw we met her yesterday and now we're gonna see her today and and they're excited about that that really Mm -hmm. makes you feel that makes you feel special like you made that impact on them and their trip to the point where they're gonna go out of their way to come see you so it's nice good I like that. That sounds like a really good idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I always try to find ways to make cast members know that they're appreciated and you know valued. And you know, the park is great mm-hmm. and uh, and everything like that. But it's you guys that made it what it is, and that even you know today and and beyond. Without you guys, it's really nothing. <laughs> <laughs> and so to be able to make sure when it's a a busy day and mm-hmm. a long day and lots going on and everything like that yeah. um, to know that, you know, what you do is appreciated and you are important. I mean, even saying that alone would definitely make someone's <laughs> day, even coming to them and telling them you are appreciated what you do. It means a lot. I mean, that alone would definitely, I it would make my day. It would make anybody's day. I would say. Good. I'm going to take you back to another moment and then we'll, kind of broaden a little bit we've got some time left hopefully we can get through okay we want to get sorry through. it's my <laughs> no. long stories i have a lot <laughs> it's okay and i only worked there for i mean I, I imagine that the people you're talking to have worked there for quite some time and they have probably 10 million more stories than i do <laughs> but <laughs> and every story is great i love them Thanks. all so you know, I'm happy to let you talk as much as you want. <laughs> if we weren't here in the office and had to get back to our regular yes. jobs, we could go longer. That would be okay. fine. Disneyland had been in your blood all your life, as we've said a couple of times. And then you get traditions and everything. Mm-hmm. You get on stage. Maybe it was that moment when you first step on stage. Maybe it's later on. But when was the first time you remember thinking, I'm actually doing this? Like, I'm part of this now. Ooh, um... Looking back, I want to say um, definitely probably when Cars Land opened or even maybe um, Christmas too because Mm. you get your special um, tickets and you get – I think I I have a patch too that says grand opening um, Cars Land and it says cast member preview on it. 
that I have to put on my social club jacket. But um, <laughs> you, just those like little things that the Disney company does to you um, for their cast members to make them feel you you were a part of this. You may have not have been the hands that built mm-hmm. Radiator Springs, but you definitely are contributing to the life and the spirit of it. Because I've I've hosted uh, Lightning McQueen and and Big Red and uh, over in Cozy Cone area and um, on the other side. And I feel like that that definitely made me feel I'm a part of something much bigger than myself. And like I said, I may have not been on the Imagineering team and built it, but I get to be here and I get to add to it and say, I'm from Radiator Springs. This is my friend Mater. You know, come uh-huh. on down and meet him, or let's go over to the junkyard jamboree, and you can see all of his, you know, tractors. And it, it, it's it's nice that the Disney company gets to do um, for its cast members, and that definitely was the point in my life, or the point in my heart, where I felt I am a part of this. I get to do this every day. I get to see this before it comes out, before its grand opening, and everything, because I'm a part of it. So. Mm-hmm. I would say what the Disney company does for its cast members, for sure. Very cool. So there's obviously a lot. So maybe this isn't a great question to ask with the amount of time we have left. <laughs> so, but I'm going to ask it anyway. We'll see what happens. Uh, what is it you love so much about Disneyland? Like, why is it such a special place to you? The life. Definitely the life that Disneyland has in each land, in each park. I mean... Walt Disney World, the Disneyland, California Adventure, they each have their own energy. They each have their own way of doing things. You walk out on Main Street and you definitely feel you are, you're in another time. Obviously, you're in another century and you're like going down the the street and um, getting to hear the piano playing, Mm -hmm. you know, and getting to see... The windows, I mean, just the windows alone have so much history in it. So you stop, yeah. you stare, you hear the sounds, the tr- you hear the train pulling in, um, you hear the announcements for the day, and then you step over to your right and you go into Tomorrowland and things are buzzing. Like you have Astro Blasters going in circles, you have, now it's the Force Awakens, so you have all of the choose your side, whether you're the light side or the dark side. So, and, and then you have, oh, it used to be the big, um, the stage there. Now it's the little show. Right. But then you will, at nighttime, you have like a whole nighttime event there where bands playing. There, there's this different energy. You walk over into Fantasyland, you hear children's laughter. You hear the carousel go by. I mean, Disneyland of all parks would definitely be my favorite. But going to your question, I love about it the most is just the life of it. And the life that it's given me, literally, my parents met there and their first date was um, doing the cast preview of Space Mountain. So that was kind of like the, like that was the birth of their relationship, which was the birth of me. So (laughs) I owe them my life, (laughs) really. Um, And then my husband proposed to me on um, the Mark Twain over in like the captain's nest area. So, I mean, mm-hmm. every time we hear that from our apartment, we he can hear the Mark Twain um, blowing its whistle. So every time, I mean, that just gives me that, like, those butterflies in my stomach almost. So it's definitely given, like I said, it's it's the seasons of life that I can look back. I mean, it's the best thing I can compare it to is the song from Up. 
they, they play on Main Street, whether it's the da, 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 the piano music, and then uh-huh. it goes into the somber notes where you hear like the sad parts of the life, and then it goes back into and Disneyland, what like, sounds you hear, the memories you have, like it sparks those memories of your own life, and it puts you into a perspective there. It reminds you to slow down or reminds you to be a kid again or reminds you what may the future hold or mm-hmm. reminds you, you know, um, what it was like at the Wild Wild West or New Orleans Square. I mean, yeah. Sorry, long answer. It was the life <laughs> of it. <laughs> it's actually a shorter answer than I thought it was going to be. Oh, okay, so. good. <laughs> <laughs> gonna, um, I was hoping we were going to have time to talk about the social club a little bit, but I don't think we're going to. That's okay. So, you know, we can maybe... Do this again another time because I want to hear the story of the engagement, talk about the social club. Um, so I'll get into a couple of the wrap-up questions, may even save a couple of those for next time. Okay. If you could have any job working for the Walt Disney Company mm-hmm. in, in the parks or any part of the company, mm-hmm. and you can make one up if you want to, except like Emperor of Disneyland not <laughs> a, or Empress in your case. You mean I can't be like Emperor Cusco and just like say, this is going to be my Cusco right here? Sadly, a little short of that. Okay. But other than that, you can make one up if you want to. Any job, what would it be and why? Mm, that's a hard one. If you're talking to the kid in me, I would say that I would be, um, you know, Peter Pan's best friend or Donald Duck's best friend. (laughs) We'd go on like a lot of fun adventures. Mm. But if you're asking, I guess, the boring adult of me, (laughs) well, not so boring. I would probably, I mean, I, I, my mom's always seen me as being one of the ambassadors and I always wanted Mm. to do that. I mean, I thought always looks like fun, but my favorite would definitely be a tour guide because just based on the tours that I've been on, not only do you have that yet you're assigned to these scripts and you get to say all these different things and get to inform people about the park or about Walt Disney's life or about the attractions, but they also give tidbits of information that of their personal experiences and whatnot. And everybody has a story. Every person who comes out of the Walt Disney Company or who's worked there, whether it be for a short amount of time to years, they have their own stories about the park. And getting to share that, I think, would be the most fun. The most fun. And then also probably, like, in Imagineering, that would be cool, too. But, you know, just saying. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Again, too many. Can I have, like, a combination of all those, please? Like, I would be an Imagineering tour guide ambassador sure i said you okay. could make up the job <laughs> there right you go. that's what i would do that's what i'm sure we could find a way to put that together we'll get <laughs> right it on happen. that okay we'll get right on that <laughs> so last question yes. what inspires you about disney or in general oh my just gosh kind of... <laughs> now we're getting to the deep question you mean it's done already now we're getting to the deep question <laughs> okay what inspires me Oh, hands down, my father. I didn't even have to think about that long. I thought that was going to be harder than I thought. My father, he was in management over at Walt Disney. Um, He did all of Fantasyland attractions, and he did all of... Actually, he did a lot. He did all of Fantasy attractions. He also moved to all of um, Tomorrowland attractions, and he did over in Frontierland. Uh, Gosh, Best story ever. This will be my closing one, I promise. I won't go on forever. Best (laughs) story ever. He inspires me because when he used to work there, young, handsome chap, um, he uh, was in Frontierland at the time. I don't think he was even yet in management, but he was 
over in that area. And this child, this kid who was blind, came and he specifically wanted to meet Davy Crockett. As you know, Davy Crockett, of course, wasn't at Disney at the time. I Mm -hmm. believe he was like meeting with Congress or something. But my dad came in and they asked him if perhaps he would be interested in meeting with this kid um, because that was his dream. He He just wanted to meet Davy Crockett. And I don't know whether it was because he had hairy arms or he looked looked the part, but he was happy to do so. So he totally sounded the part. Um, Correct me if I'm wrong. Fess Fess Parker. Parker. Thank you. Um, Yeah, Fess Parker totally had the voice down. He went and he grabbed a canoes costume from costuming. Mm. And a coonskin cap from mm-hmm. the hat store, and he said he'd return it, and they just let him. They were like, of course. <laughs> Look at that. I wish they would do that today. Can I borrow this? Yeah. I'll bring it right back, I promise. But they let him have it, and he goes to meet this boy, and he, he rolled up his sleeves, went down beside him, and they just talked and talked and talked. And he said he talked to him for quite a bit, asking him questions and everything. He felt his arms. Like I said, he had hairy arms, so he's like, this must be Davy Crockett. Um, but he let him wear his coonskin cap and... That was like, to me, looking back and hearing that story, I wasn't alive at the time, but now I'm like, I mean, I'm getting emotional and teary-eyed about it now. I'm like, that's my dad. That's my dad, and he does that. And he does that whether he's working at Disneyland or not, you know? So definitely him. He inspires me because he had always wanted to be a Disneyland artist. And he mm-hmm. actually, when he was little, he brought his drawings <laughs> second grade drawings. He brought them to me while Disney had given to him and his parents didn't have the heart to tell him, you're not going to obviously meet Walt Disney. Sorry, buddy. But he brought them um, with him and he put them in the mailbox at Disneyland. And that's something he always wanted to do. But having my sister and I, and that dream kind of went back on the back burner. He is a tremendously great artist. Wonderful. But he put that aside for us. That, that That's huge. That he inspires me to give my all, do my best, and be selfless, definitely. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that story and that yeah, memory. Sorry, and, I was, <laughs> I'm not going to talk too much about it because I was getting emotional. So it's that's okay. all you get. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and we will happily take it. Thank okay. you for all of these stories and memories and everything. I really appreciate it. It's been fun, Amanda. Yeah, it's been great. <laughs> That brings us to the end of this week's show. A very special thank you to Amanda Henderson for being my guest and to you for listening. Let us know if you want to hear more, and I will definitely have her back on. I know we would be happy to do this again. Come back next time, though, for singer, songwriter, and voice actress Tracy Hines. You may know her for her Disney cover songs or as the hipster mermaid. And while those are fantastic and very much a part of who she is, there is so much more. You're definitely going to want to hear this one. I'd like to take a minute to thank our sponsor, Audible.com, the Internet's leading provider in spoken word entertainment. Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. Choose from titles like my book, Faith in the Magic Kingdom. You can pick that one or any of the 180,000 plus audiobooks as your free trial book and it's yours to keep whether you choose to continue your membership or not. To download your free audiobook today, go to storiesofthemagic.com slash audible. Again, that's storiesofthemagic.com slash audible for your free audiobook. If you're currently doing something because of your love for Disney, you've written a book, created a website, 
you're blogging, writing, or performing music, art, whatever it may be, and you want to tell people about it and why it matters to you, I want to hear from you. I also want to talk to and hear from people who've worked for Disney. And if you're a Disney guest of any Disney experience, and you've had an encounter or an interaction with a cast member that made some extra Disney magic, I would love to hear from you, too. Maybe you have a story about meeting a character or interacting with an entertainment host like Amanda that you'd like to share. But it can be about anything. For any of these, email me at podcast at storiesofthemagic.com or call the listener feedback line at 734-23-STORY and tell me about your experience. Subscribe to Stories of the Magic in iTunes, the Xbox Music Store, on the website, or you can hear Stories of the Magic while on the go with Stitcher Smart Radio. If you like the show, please rate and review Stories of the Magic in iTunes, Stitcher Radio, or wherever else you listen to the show and can rate it. Thank you to Mr. Kefis, who recently gave the show a very nice five-star review and bought my book. Now, I don't usually read the actual reviews here on the show because, honestly, it seems a bit self-indulgent to me. But would you want me to? Do you want to know what other people are saying? Let me know by call, email, comment, or on social media. I'll do what you, the listeners, want me to do. Speaking of doing what you want, I'm considering adding a short, maybe two or three minute Disney tip, tidbit, trivia segment to each episode. Would you want to hear this? I've received a couple of favorable responses when I posted this on Facebook, but I'd love to get a little more feedback before doing it, so please tell me what you think. If you have any comments, questions, or suggestions, like answering that question, you can visit storiesofthemagic.com and leave a comment on the show notes for this or any episode. While you're there, check out the show notes for useful links from each episode. For example, in this one, I'm actually going to link to the Disney On Demand podcast episode number 142, which was the Easter episode for this year. just came out in the last week or so, and I was actually the guest on it. I was really honored that Jonathan had me on, and it was a great experience, and I would love for you to be able to listen to it. So I'm going to link to Disney On Demand episode 142 in the show notes. Like the podcast on Facebook at facebook.com slash stories of the magic. Follow the show on Twitter at twitter.com slash stories of magic and tweet out that you're listening or pin it on Pinterest. Tell your friends about the show. Keep letting others know that you're listening so they can join in the magic too. Thank you for joining me for this episode of Stories of the Magic. There will be other days and other stories, but this tale is finished. You've been listening to Stories of the Magic with Randy Crane. If you have feedback, want to share a story of your own, or even be a guest on the show, write to Randy at podcast at storiesofthemagic.com or call our listener feedback line, 734-23-STORY. And don't forget to visit the website, storiesofthemagic.com for show notes from this and every episode and to leave your comments. Thank you so much for listening. And remember, live your dreams and make the magic in your world.